It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day, especially when the season get hectic. I stay waiting on it like receiving a Nets pick. Nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth, you might even hear a story on Gigi. So in depth, they might do an hour about the D-League. So in depth, you probably should pay them, but it's a freebie. Yeah, John Corrales and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. So you can miss me with the blah, blah. No more Gino time. We watching Jay do the Zaza. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making us part of your daily routine. Here for you Monday through Friday, and today is the Tuesday show on a day where the Celtics have won twice. Yes, twice, because they beat the Brooklyn Nets 114-105, and the Miami Heat beat the Cleveland Cavaliers 124-121 in a wild overtime game. So the Boston Celtics now have a one-game lead over the Cleveland Cavaliers going into the final game. We're going to talk about this. Well, I'm going to talk about this. I am John Corrales here alone today with uh, Jay King working diligently at the Garden and Sam Packard unavailable doing Ivy League things Uh, making the world a better place while the rest of us listen to me talk. So, today we are brought to you by SeatGeek. Remember to download that SeatGeek app for whenever you want to go to a basketball game. Maybe you want to download tickets for Wednesday's game because that game is suddenly really important. The Celtics could clinch the number one seed in the East against the Milwaukee Bucks. So, download the app, buy your tickets. Uh, We asked you to send some questions in via the Rain and Jays hashtag, which uh, a few of you did. And we're going to get to those in a second. Uh, Just my few thoughts from tonight's game. I don't want to belabor this point, uh, belabor these points too much because it's a lot of the same stuff. The Celtics with the starters did a great job mostly. The bench struggled. Brad Stevens went to the bench a lot more. I don't think he wanted to play his starters as many minutes as maybe they uh, he had hoped. But when you look at the box score, 32 minutes for Horford, 32 minutes for Bradley, just under 30 minutes for Isaiah Thomas. Not the worst thing in the world. I think maybe against Brooklyn he was hoping to – 
play them a lot less. And for a while there, they had a near 30-point lead. The biggest lead was 27 for the Boston Celtics. And they just, of course, of course, dropped it down to single digits. And it was up to Isaiah Thomas to have another big fourth quarter. But, you know, it's the way it goes with these Boston Celtics. So uh, there are a couple of things that came up in tonight's game that I thought were interesting. I thought early on running the offense through Al Horford was really, really effective. Uh, and he had Rondé Hollis Jefferson on him, who's a smaller guy, and took advantage. The Celtics were moving well, running that offense through Horford up in the high post, in the low post. He was picking them apart. He had a few early assists. It was really... I think he had a, a really nice game uh, running the offense, very efficient running the offense, letting things flow through Bradley. Uh, I mean, through Horford. Uh, Avery Bradley looked really good for the most part. He he seems to be kind of back. Seven of ten shooting, three of five from three, eighteen points, a couple of big putbacks, including one huge putback dunk which was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Isaiah Thomas did Isaiah Thomas things, 27 points, 10 of 21 shooting. Uh, not great from three, two of 10, but whatever. We're, we're going to get nitpicky on that. Uh, Marcus Smart. Uh, Marcus Smart's an interesting case because the past couple of games against Charlotte and against Brooklyn, I think we we're, we're seeing a slightly – more selective Marcus Smart. I think he had a couple of games where he wasn't just firing like he has been, and that is a big deal for for Marcus Smart. I think if he can go back to being the facilitating backup point guard that's not jacking up threes all the time, then we're going to be in for uh, some some really good play from Marcus Smart. And the threes that he takes end up being better threes and much more likely to go in. And we know he's not that great of a shooter, and that's putting it mildly. But if if he's more efficient, uh, more more judicious in his shot selection, then he will become more efficient. He will he will shoot at least at a level that's palatable. I'm not expecting him to ever turn into Kyle Korver. He's never going to do that. But at least get to a point where we can say, all right, he's not the best shooter, but he's not he's not crushing us. He's not killing us. And that's kind of where we want him to be. We want him to be in the not killing us range. And he when when he's not going well, he's killing us. So I think when when these bench lineups and the IT and D, whatever you want to call it, lineup with him and Smart and Bradley all together with the Horford and Crowder or or Horford and Olenek, one of those groups. If that's going to be an effective group, I think in the, earlier in the season, part of why they were ineffective – was Marcus Smart was playing off the ball a lot, and that really didn't work. But Marcus Smart handling the ball more with those lineups is, I think, much 
more effective overall. It, uh, because Isaiah Thomas can play off the ball just fine. He'll be fine. Marcus Smart off the ball ends up being in bad spots, and you end up seeing him play in ways that uh, are not uh, conducive to him playing very well and very conducive to us having strokes watching the game. Uh, one other note, Brooke Lopez became the Nets' all-time leading scorer. And he did that with just over 10,000 points. And I made a tweet, and I, I'm going I'm to put a tweet out there that is kind of joking, but it's very much out of context because I said that he had, he's the Nets' leading scorer with fewer points than Antoine Walker had in Boston. And Antoine Walker had over 11,000 points in Boston. He's actually 13th all-time on the Celtics scoring list, which maybe some people didn't realize he was actually that high. So I say that not to disparage Brooke Lopez's accomplishment. That's When you're any franchise's leading scorer, that's really damn good. It's hard to score 10,000 points in the NBA. A lot of good players didn't score 10,000 points in the NBA, and so that is a really nice accomplishment. I think what it shows is just the differences between the franchises, that the Boston Celtics have had a number of players who played a long time here and were able to do a lot of great things. I mean, Paul Pierce scored 24,000 points in Boston. Havlicek leads the le- leads the Celtics with 26,395. That's a lot of points for for a guy to be scoring. Uh, Larry Bird, by the way, had t- almost 22,000 points in about 200, 200 fewer games than, than Pierce and almost 300 fewer games than Havlicek which is crazy. He is the the team's leader all-time in points per game at 24.3. So it just shows that the Nets have been historically, first of all, they haven't been around as much as Boston, so Boston has had a lot more time for guys in the pre-free agency era to stick around for a while. So a lot of these guys on on this list are very much pre-free agency. Havlicek, Bird was at the beginning of free agency uh let's see you you got guys like Kuzi, sam jones russell cowens jojo white Charmin, heinson all these old school guys that were just part of a team forever unless they got traded the nets have always been pretty bad and the times that they were good they traded for for players guys like jason kidd uh, you know when they had the uh the Kenny Anderson days and, and, and Derek Coleman, they drafted Coleman, but he he wasn't around for long enough to do a ton for them. That franchise has just historically just been a mess, so much of a mess that guys haven't stuck around. So it's hard to have a guy lead that team with a significant amount of points. It's just an interesting dichotomy between the two franchises that that – he leads the Nets in scoring, but he would be 14th in the NBA, in the Celtics in, in scoring. So, all right. Before we get to the tweets, I mentioned before that the Boston Celtics are playing Wednesday night against the Milwaukee Bucks. That 
is going to be a really interesting game and a game that you probably want to get to. And you should probably be opening up your SeatGeek app right now because I bet you those tickets are going to start getting really, really expensive. But here's the good thing. SeatGeek has streamlined this entire process for you. They're different than all of those other older ticket sites. They've created this app and website that makes it easier than ever. So you don't have to go search through a million sites to figure out the best price. SeatGeek takes everything and puts it together in one place, analyzes the trends, and they see these are where your best value is going value tickets are going to be. The they'll you'll see it red, yellow, green. It's just stay away from the red ones. Well, you don't have to, but you probably should. They've they've told you that's not the best deal. Here is your best deal. Here's where the best value is. So they'll get you the best bang for your buck because they give all of those tickets a grade. And you'll immediately be able to see on any uh, underpriced seats and you can find yourself the best deal. You can set yourself an alert. And this works for not just basketball, obviously. The Red Sox are back if you're in Boston. You want to go check out the Red Sox. The Bruins are in the playoffs. It works for Bruins games. There are concerts. I know, uh, was it John Mayer was just at uh, the Garden? Is that right? Uh, he So you could have used the tickets. You could use SeatGeek to get tickets for that. It works for all sporting events. It works for shows. It's it's works across the board. So you're not just doing this for basketball. But you can certainly do it for the Wednesday night game. And if you haven't used the SeatGeek app before... Here's an added bonus. Listeners to this podcast get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. Download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter the promo code LOCELTICS. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app. Enter the promo code LOCELTICS. Today, $20 rebate off the first SeatGeek purchase. So, very simple to do. Let's get to your tweets before wrapping up the show. So, new batch of them starting to roll in. Lawrence, number one seed, means bragging rights home court in an easier first round matchup. But most importantly, we avoid the Raptors in round two. That is correct. The, the seeding is pretty much set now where the Celtics can be no worse than two. So it's just a matter if they win Wednesday night, then that's it. They're the number one seed. And Cleveland would drop to two, and Toronto would be third. And I don't know what the tiebreaker is. I didn't check the tiebreaker. But I, I think I think it would just settle into... Celtics, Cavs, uh, Raptors, Wizards. Wizards are the fourth seed. That's it. They're locked into that. And then at the bottom of the standings, things kind of get a little messy. We're still trying to figure out those. But, yeah, I think the first-round matchup for, you know, the one or two, I don't think was that big of a deal. Although there was a tweet here that was asking, and I'll get to it in a second. It was asking if here it is at Aus Celtics fan. Hypothetical question: 
as the lower seedings aren't set, who do we match up best against? Pacers, Bulls, or Heat? And by virtue of their win, uh, Justin is right there that the still bottom of the the standings have to work themselves out because Miami is still in the mix. They they do own a tiebreaker against uh, I think it's Indiana, but not Chicago. So there's still a possibility that the the Heat could 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 make it in. I think the team of those three that I want to avoid the most, I think in order, Indiana, Miami, Chicago. Miami's Miami's just a tough the way they've been playing, they they scrappy, they've got Whiteside who clogs the middle that can be, you know, kind of tough. It is uh, we know that the Celtics can struggle against size. I think that's why I don't want to play Indiana necessarily because Miles Turner has, you know, you got size there. Obviously Paul George is the is the best player left on if you're putting all of those three teams, he's he's probably the best player on the floor of any of those teams. He he'd be the best player on the floor in in that series. So kind of want to avoid that situation where a guy like Paul George can can carry a team and will a team to a win or two. He, I think Paul George alone could win a game at least by himself for the Pacers. He's got a ton of experience. He's He knows how to win these games. He's been around a bit. He's a guy I'd like to avoid. The Bulls. Kind of a mess. I'd rather see them. Uh, Rondo was hurt. Rondo's a big reason why they've been playing better lately. But he hurt his wrist, and it's, they said today that it's significant. So that, I think, if you want to go luck-wise, I would rather see the Bulls. Not only that, they, they're not very good shooting-wise. They're, they're, I think easier to defend than most of these other teams so my preference would be to play the Bulls uh, and I think I'd like to avoid the Pacers so thanks Justin for that question let's get back to the Twitter uh, Rife C the Celtics won but Stevens likes to stay too long with these bench units while they squander leads I think part of it is that the um, I think I think he wants to rest guys as much as he can in in these uh, situations, but also you know give them some experience, let them try to figure stuff out while they're out there. You know, the, if it's if it's like I don't like seeing. Terry Rozier out there anymore this season and I'm not saying that he's terrible or anything like that I think he has the potential to still be pretty good but I think if you throw him out there you're trying to get him to react better to this type of um, adversity when when the things are going downhill 
you want to you want to see this guy be able to pull out of it you know so I think Brad Stevens is playing with fire a little bit I think part of it is trying to get these guys a little bit of rest but also trying to help these guys get some experience where they can recognize and 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 stop having like a deer in the headlights and making so many stupid mistakes but again like Rifey tweeted has anything good happened with Rozier on the floor lately? It's been it's been tough for Rozier lately. So I think he's one of the first guys out of the rotation when it comes to the playoffs. And, and unless there's foul trouble or injury or something like that, I, I think we're going to see a lot less of Terry Rozier. And we're going to start seeing guys play 35, 36, 37 minutes instead of 30, 31, 32. So... Um, a question well this was addressed to Jay but it was tagged Rain and Jay so I'm going to have a, a crack at it at Chris Osnian what is Jordan Mickey's future with the C's he doesn't seem to get many minutes but he could be the team's best rebounder well Mickey is an interesting guy because he he dominates in the D League, he he was he had a playoff game tonight in Maine. He had uh, like a twenty, I don't want to say twenty ten game. He had a big game. I saw the tweets rolling by, and he does well there. He struggles a bit in the NBA. I think I don't know if it's a confidence thing or if he's just just at that level where it's that ba- baseball. We said this on the, on the show before. It's that baseball quadruple A player. Where the AAA, he's really good, and in the major leagues, he's not that good. And somehow, somehow, he's he's too good for the minor leagues, but not good enough for the major leagues. It's a weird place to be, and every so often, a guy falls into that range. Mickey might just be that guy right now. Remember, he was a second-round pick a couple years ago. Rookie year, stuck in Maine, not really getting a lot of, a lot of run. I think he'll have an opportunity to prove himself at summer league and come back and try to make this team. I, I don't know if his spot is going to be guaranteed for him next next season. He'll have an opportunity because there are going to be guys who are gone. It's very likely that Kelly Olenek, jo- Jonas Jerebko, Amir Johnson, uh, I'm drawing a blank on some of these other guys who are definitely going to be gone but uh let's see James Young is gone but looking at the bigs Amir will be gone Jarebko will be gone Olenek will probably be gone depending on how some things work out but he's probably not going to be here Tyler Zeller will not be here I don't think so those are a lot of bigs and with Gershon Yabusele potentially being available, Ante Zizic being available, Jordan Mickey's going to have an opportunity to fill one of these roles. Maybe he becomes Tyler Zeller next year, which is an upgrade, but still not great. Or maybe he just ends up being a casualty of the cap, which we were talking about in the last night show, that's not as high as they thought. So he could potentially not be around. But 
I don't want to look at his main contributions and say this is definitely he, for some reason he's he's being held back or anything like that. He he I think if Brad Stevens had any confidence in him to play and play well, he'd be out there getting minutes. You know, Brad Stevens is not playing around. He he believes in the meritocracy of earning your minutes. If you're out there playing well and doing well in practice and you're earning yourself a shot, you'll get it. And if you do well with it, you'll keep getting that shot. So I think Mickey just needs more work. He's just, He just needs to get more work. He needs to extend his range and be a consistent three-point threat. And he needs to be very much more aware defensively and, and be a good team defender and not just a guy who can go grab a few rebounds and get some some blocks here and there. He needs to he needs to get a bit, better grasp of overall uh, overall concepts out there. Uh, Addy Shep, Tommy breaking new ground while complaining and praising the ref during a single play was awesome because Tommy's awesome. Tommy is great. What are you going to say about Tommy Heinsohn? He's a legend. He is a legend. So, all right, I have talked for long enough. Thank you for all of the questions and comments on the Twitter with the hashtag Jays. You can send those along anytime. We'll look at them. We'll try to work those into other podcasts. You don't have to just do it when we ask. Tag a Jays and we'll find it. If you are a subscriber... We hope that you are rating us five stars and giving us good reviews because that helps spread the word and get get us out there and rise up in the rankings and, and all of that good stuff. So that really helps out. If you're not a subscriber, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Very simple. Search Locked On Celtics. Become a subscriber and you will uh, get the shows as soon as we post them because we record the night before. So if you are on the West Coast or if you're an international listener, listener like Justin, who I just mentioned from Australia, lots of listeners from Australia, Southeast Asia, Europe. We've got listeners all over the world. So just because we're on the East Coast and very East Coast-centric, we record at somewhere around 8, 9, 10, 11 p.m. in that range. If you're a subscriber, you get it right away. So do that. And who knows, maybe you're just waking up to this post-game podcast and you're starting your day with us already. So thank you for doing that. If you're not a subscriber, please do that. All right, that's it. Celtics win twice, beating the Nets 114-105 and then watching the Heat beat the Cavaliers 124-121. The Celtics are now the top seed in the East and will remain the top seed in the East if they can beat the Milwaukee Bucks in game 82 of this regular season. Can they do it? Well, we hope so and we'll be here to talk about it next time on the Locked On Celtics Podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Celtics. 
Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. You are a mighty fortress of supreme knowledge. Progressive Direct has not only revealed their rates, but those of their competitors. If you were any more in the know, you would be drowning in, you know, the know. Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates because knowledge is power. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feet every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.